0: in the hope that with God's grace and mercy, we can become the living, breathing, wonder-working saints that the world so desperately needs today. Hello and welcome to episode 71 of the Say Yes to Holiness podcast. I'm Christina Simmons, your host, and today is a great treat for you. This is the beginning of the OSV innovation talk series and I got to talk with Doug Took who is one of the key people behind bringing the OSV innovation talks to life and our conversation talked about that but then also about the role of media and ministry and how it is that we can use such things in order to bring about engagement participation in the life of the church but then also about the great hopeful future that there is with all of the different apostolates that are appearing in the church and the great diversity of them. So I hope that you really enjoy this conversation, and I look forward to speaking to you on the flip side. this is Christina Simmons with the Say Yes to Holiness podcast. I am super excited that you have joined me today for a wonderful conversation. I know that's going to happen with Doug too. And for those of you who don't know Doug, you're going to get to know him now, Um, but he's the guy who's behind OSV Innovation Talks. And I was very excited to be able to um, get together with him and have this conversation. So, Doug, you know, without further ado, go ahead. Where are you? What are you doing? And, you know, what's been your journey a little bit? You know, I'll just give you three questions in one and you can just kind of go with it.
1: <laughs> I was going to say, good grief. I'm give a 20 minute oratory. Uh, yeah, I'm in Helena, Montana with my beautiful family of, of seven. We have five kids um, uh, in my studio here in Helena. Uh, I travel between Helena and Clear Lake, Iowa, to do a lot of production work with ODB films and the Renovo media group out of clear Lake. So I kind of hop back and forth between Montana and Iowa. And this is my home week, which is great. So I've been in the, been in the studio all week doing all kinds of stuff. It's been exciting.
0: Uh, uh, It's wonderful that our world is such that we now can do such things. I'm in Fort Payne, Alabama, tiny little town. um, And it is something of where, the idea of being able to reach out and to be in communication and have conversation with someone who's in Montana, you know, we, we never would have dreamed of it uh, just a several years ago. I love but, it. You know, share a little bit about your own personal journey and then we'll jump into talking about uh, the OSV initiative and innovation talks. Um, yeah. But, you know, how, how is it that you came to be where you are?
1: I stumbled into Carroll college in Helena, Montana. They had a really talented uh, speech and debate program. And that was about the only way I was going to get in college. I was not the best student in high school. And uh, so that scholarship uh, made me fall in love with the Rocky Mountain West. I met a Montana girl and married her. Hard to get a Montana girl out of Montana. So we we, we kind of settled our, our lives here. And um, I just kind of caught the fire for ministry doing some outdoor camping work with the Diocese of Helena's incredible summer camp. And decided to double major in unemployment, picked up theology and philosophy degrees at Carroll, and, <laughs> uh, and then just embarked on a career of, of youth ministry at the age of 22. I was working full-time. Mm-hmm. And then um, some friends in the Seattle Archdiocese invited me to come out and work. And, and then I came back to Montana when I got married. And uh, then I became the diocesan director for the Diocese mm-hmm. of Helena uh, for youth ministry. And then later Faith Formation, did about 10 years there doing that. Mm -hmm. Um, We did multi parish ministry here. So I I helped manage clusters of parishes before that became the mandate in a lot of dioceses. So it got a ton of like adolescent and adult formation experience in the rural space. Um, And then just kind of saw the writing on the wall, just felt like the next chapter was being turned. And uh, I wrote five letters to five organizations that I thought I could do projects for. And all five of them wrote back and said, we want you to do this. And I realized I had five jobs and that was going to be a busy year. And mm-hmm. and then uh, we, we, we navigated that. And then uh, ODB Films, which was one of the five companies, was going into production on their um, world premiere of Paul the Apostle of Christ, which came mm-hmm. out in 2018. And Eric Groth, the CEO and president, invited me to come on full time. And the rest is history. I, I kind of started journeying with Eric and and then we've navigated all kinds of projects since then. So my a ba- a background in adolescent formation and adult formation that led me to, to media in ministry, which is exciting.
0: Oh, definitely. And so I can see the seeds, but go ahead and paint them out a little bit, um, you know, for uh, make the connections of how it is that um, you got into the project that you're doing now with OSV Innovation. <laughs>
1: Yeah, uh, ODB Films out of uh, St. Charles, Illinois. It's a west suburb of Chicago. Uh, You know, my job was to kind of be creative, create projects. And um, we had journeyed with a fundraiser, not really a fundraiser, we journeyed with a donor. And uh, we created a, a big, I mean, a very big, we're talking like in the half a million dollar range list of projects that would be these very ministry-centered film escapades. And one of the ideas was to do TED Talks, to basically do kind of Catholic-focused TED Talks, to take the ethos of the 15 to 18-minute informative big idea message, and then to make it into a tool in the context of the church, the audience, four rows back, three seats in, and the, and the idea, innovation and creativity in church and in the 11th hour this donor kind of abandoned us mm. and it was devastating so we this idea that we thought we had really well developed was kind of sitting on a shelf and and it just so happened like a week later we were taking a meeting with the executive leadership from our sunday visitor OSV both the mm. institute and the and the organization and uh, it was about another project and when we finished that conversation uh Jason Shanks the president of the of the institute he said what else you got and i looked at eric uh and i said i said man do we pitch this to him and he kind of goes yeah so i just laid it out and we were so wounded from losing that donor that we were just kind of like callous like we didn't even want to share the idea because we thought oh the dollar amount's going to intimidate him or um i i, I don't want to beat around the bush and and uh so we told him we, we told him what it would cost and he looked at me and he goes he goes i want that and i go listen i said if you're not serious about spending this money don't jerk us around like, we, you know, and he just started laughing and he goes, I think we're going to be friends. And mm-hmm. sure enough, I mean, within months we had done the pre-production work. We invited our first round of speakers and we arranged a a live shoot in Dallas, Texas in 2020, no less. Oh, and yes. we launched the first the first talks and uh, we the first two had a million views mm-hmm. um, uh, through Facebook, YouTube and other channels. Shalom Media took an interest um you know all kinds of organizations have kind of piggybacked the talks onto their medias and it's all free we're just trying to give them all away because of the good natured um just the 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 beauty that is OSV and that's how it came to be it really wasn't more complicated than that the hard work is working with the speakers and
0: mm-hmm.
1: getting the messaging and and making sure everybody's equipped but uh but it's a it's getting to be a well-oiled machine now it's pretty monstrous we love it
0: well, I think it's interesting that a lot of people probably don't realize the fact that you know you're not just the guy behind the camera, but you actually stepped in front of the camera recently. That's you're true reluctantly, uh, so, I
1: might add reluctantly
0: <laughs> so, so what what was the reluctance because your your talk, you know the perfection of imperfection is dead on. I, I tell people you need to watch this I, I said because, to me, this is your take at a solution or proposal proposed solution to answer the question of how do we deal with the parishioner lack of engagement and specifically for you coming at it from the parental lack of engagement, which every PRE out there is going, Oh my gosh, you know? Yes. Yeah. But, um, but, but that was, I was just like, yeah, I, I, you know, here, here it is. But, what, how is it that you got to that talk and that you were felt that you had to share it?
1: Wow. Uh, is a, there's a lot of discernment there? I, I was the first part answer to your question was I was reluctant because I was producing the entire project. So I knew what went into the rehearsals. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, just this last batch, we just recorded 22 talks, 24 talks because two of them are in English and Spanish this mm-hmm. last April. And we did, we did 80 rehearsals in 90 days. So, I mean, we, I know the prep work that goes into this project. So I thought, oh my gosh, how am I going to rehearse? How am I going to do this? And then, of course, when you're on site and you're doing the shoot and there's, I mean, it's a full camera shoot. And you can tell that by the quality of the, of the projects, which are only going to get better and better. Um, it's a lot of stress, everything on time, everything working, you know, when you're relying on technology. And then all of a sudden I'm on and I have to, you know, and I got to go get in front of the camera and I'm used to speaking. But man, when you speak in front of a camera, it's a whole new, it's a whole new business. But we pulled it off and it was good. Um, the message... My years in faith formation, uh, I just don't have a lot of patience or tolerance for the I'm not good enough to share Jesus. That mm-hmm. mentality. I, I actually think at the risk of being dramatic, I actually think it's a little bit diabolical. Moms and dads use it all the time. Um, some people in faith formation use it. They just kind of were like, Oh, I'm not smart enough. I, I shouldn't, I shouldn't try to teach about my relationship with Jesus because I don't I don't know enough. Yeah. And what we've done in faith formation for decades is we tried to sort of model what we thought was the highest reaching level of information through formation. So we modeled religious education on confraternity for christian doctrine which was modeled on a catholic school model because we think oh if we we want young people to learn we have to put them in a desk and then and teach them (laughs) what's fascinating about that is that that's not modeled in any form uh in the origins of who we are as a people as, as a church when it comes to faith and faith formation the, the, the way that that's actually modeled for us in scripture and even in the successful atmospheres of pre conciliar church is really about witness. It's really about authentic witnessing. And what you learn by delving into scripture is that most witnesses are not particularly well equipped. And everybody knows the, the little mantra God calls the, you know, equips the call, He doesn't call the equipped. And I understand all that, but man, somewhere along the lines, we lost trust in that. So yes. my, my, the, the ethos of the talk was to say, yeah, so you're imperfect and you need to still do what Jesus tells you. And Mm -hmm. I just think that, I think the American Catholic Church, but I think the worldly church needs to hear that message. It's like, yeah, okay, mom and dad, no one perfectly equipped you to parent, but now you're holding a baby. It's Mm -hmm. Why would it be any different when it comes to sharing the faith? Like you just have to witness what you can with what you have. Yeah, read, be formed, but you're never going to be perfectly formed And all you can do is share what you have. So spiritually dig in and then let that come from your heart. And I think that there's so much good research. I'm a huge Brene Brown fan. That comes out in the talk. Mm -hmm. I'm just a big fan of the idea that we can't be ashamed of authentically sharing our personal relationship with our Savior and and then trust that the Lord's going to do what the Lord's going to do. Somehow that got called unprofessional or ineffective in the context of faith formation. And it's kind of led us into a bit of a spiral. If you don't do this this way, you're not doing it good enough. And I don't know if you've noticed this, but in the last five years, especially in 2020, a lot of my colleagues in youth ministry have simply lost their jobs because the, because people have said, oh, we're just not serving young people well enough. Well, that's correct. If all you rely on is a gathered model, you're right. correct. You will not be successful. So the talk was aimed at that and saying, well, what have we been doing wrong all along? Let's make sure we're authentic witnesses and so on and so forth.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and amen. Um, you know, so it's always about imperfect actions. So um, I'm I'm a, a product of a, of a Jesuit University, Marquette University in Milwaukee, and actually I became Catholic there. And one of the biggest things, of course, has been the coming to an understanding of discernment is not a one and done, but rather discernment is a constant and this is how you know uh, jesus always works with us the holy spirit's always giving us an awareness of where it is that we are sinful or where we have That's issues right. and then we develop understanding about why is that going on we ask for his grace and his healing and then we take action in order to get That's better right. and to fall down and then to try again and to fall down and try again um and we keep forgetting the fact that if you're not falling down then you're not making progress, you're actually ma- going backwards um, right. and uh, and that's and that's not a faith. Um, where I am, in uh, in Fort Payne, Alabama, our community is a huge Hispanic immigrant population. Uh, so we have a lot of uh, first generation uh you know young people, and so many of the parents are are doing that, and where they're extremely devoted. And mm-hmm. their, their, their level of devotion puts my prayer, my interior life to shame. And yet, <laughs> and yet they're telling me, oh, Miss Christina, I, I can't teach anything, you know, to my children. And it's just like, oh my gosh, you, you're doing it each night. Are you praying with them? Are you showing them how it is that you're praying? That's and I like never thought about that, but it, it's just that, that we disqualify ourselves and i think you're you're absolutely right of where we use it as an excuse because we don 't want to change we want the comfort we want the i want to do my life my way and mm-hmm. that was where um I wrote this down of where you had said not about being perfect but about embracing the perfect will of a perfect god
1: that's right that's and, right this saint polycarp 's journey to his death i mean he He didn't have to walk to his martyrdom, but he insisted on doing it because he knew that the steps would be the witness that would draw people's hearts into the faith. It is. I mean, hopefully parenting is not Polycarp's martyrdom. But I mean, at the same time, it's still, man, you just take the steps. And, uh, you know, and when an adult says, oh, my millennial son no longer goes to mass. What did I do wrong? And I'm like, well, uh, do you believe sacraments are for real? Do you continue to witness? Uh, Because that's all you can do. And if you're if, if the measurement of success is squeaky clean families, uh, in the pe- in the pews perfectly sitting, paying attention to every single moment, um, and calling that perfect and thinking that that's what we're all supposed to be, you're out of your mind. That's not the reality of 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 family life. It never has been. It might look right. good on a photo, but it's not it's not it's not reality. And to embrace the fact that it's supposed to be a mess, this is why Pope Francis calls it a field hospital. This is why JP two called it a field hospital. Francis wasn't the first to say that. So that's the language I think needs to permeate the hearts of a lot of moms and dads. That's a game changer, uh, in my oh, opinion.
0: Oh, absolutely. And so it's interesting because you brought up about, you know, uh, the millennial generation and our young adults and, you know, and all the statistics out there and people have heard me talk about them. And I, I know that you're familiar with them, uh, which of course, Sherry Waddell and then the work, all the subsequent studies and everything over the last decade have just continued to substantiate But just the fact of, you know, media is such a huge piece. And I think this is where it's absolutely ingenious that you're doing exactly what we, you know, we as church have done for centuries, which is you take something that's good and you put it at the service of what is truly good, you know, truly beautiful. And, And that's why I love the innovation talks, is because. Here you're taking a model which is speaking to people profoundly. And you're using it as a way to bring about, you know, a, a re-rebirth, a, a reimagining of how it is that we need to be church. Um, mm, I hope so. so. I like where, that. Where, where do you see media and, and ministry going in the future? How where where do you see other partnerships, you know, perhaps emerging?
1: Oh, that's an endless conversation. I I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, so a couple of things. I think that. Uh, The access to media in the modern era is actually one of the best things for the church. What the church is messing up is that they don't realize that the bar is actually really high. So we make a lot of crap, and then we get upset when people don't watch it. And the reason they don't watch it is because it's crap. Um, Because a teenager with their phone could produce a better film than what a lot of we spend money on. Mm -hmm. And what we don't like to realize is that great media costs a lot of money. Great media is a deeply uh, a very deep-hearted investment to make it look great and to draw forth the beauty. There's a reason why great film looks great and there's a reason why bad film looks bad and there's a reason why some film gets engaged and some film doesn't. So You know, plopping someone in front of a really bad camera with bad lighting and bad audio and having them giving a really good lecture does not draw hearts into the conversion of Jesus Christ. But it's amazing what great media production can do. So we're a big advocate of great media production. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, just little things that people are startled by. We use cameras to shoot the OSV talks that are the same ones that were used to shoot Marvel movies. We're, mm-hmm. we're, not, we're not messing around with what we want to accomplish in terms of greatness. And we've only scratched the surface for those kinds of things. The second part of that question is that there's a lot of media, right? There's a lot of noise. Yeah. And uh, if you think you're going to enter into a competition for the attention of a generation, you're gravely mistaken. Um, right. There was a lot of political noise going on when Christ walked with his disciples. But the transcendentals, truth, goodness, and beauty, will permeate noise every time. Every time. They always have. There's just total precedence for that throughout history. If we can focus on the transcendentals in all the great media that we do, I know that we can reach ears and hearts and heads. And we love we love the palatable TED format uh, that these these little shareable things are capable of doing. We also love the diversity of the format, which is it's not a person giving a lecture over and over and over again. Let's go find the hundreds of thousands of voices in the world that have a big idea to share in the context of good ecclesial teaching and then get those voices in front of people. And we're blessed by the the willingness to give financially from OSV uh, to make it happen. The leadership of Eric Growth at ODB Films and Renovo Media Group to help executive produce and edit those things. So we're really blessed by a lot of talent to make all that happen. I just think it's those grand steps that will lead to a really successful future. And when you underscore that, when you, when you, when you want to become famous or you think that, that, uh, that, sophomoric attempts at that. will you're upset that they're not succeeding. It's because the bar is absolute excellence. And if you're not reaching for that bar, I think you're going to have a whole pool of failure. And I think the church has lived in that space for about 20 years when it comes to media. And they're starting to realize this has to operate at a high level. Bishop Barron operates at a very high yeah. level. There's a reason why he has cornered the market in that academic pursuit of beauty. And I think that's great, but there's a whole nother ru- Well, like just a well of narrative and teaching and lay ecclesial empowerment that we're maybe not doing as well. I'm thankful for OSV to say, well, let's try and do that.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. So, uh, kind of a, a, microcosm of, you know, an example of what is getting a lot of traction, you know, is the chosen, which of course sure. is not, not necessarily a Catholic, you know, production, but, um, I mean, for me, for example, I hesitated to watch it exactly for the reasons that you were just talking about, which is I didn't want to watch another kind of crappy, you know, portrayal of, you know, of Jesus's life. It's like, hey, I can do that. You know, (laughs) watch, watch my high schoolers, you know, Um, but, you know, but that is where it truly, you know, stirs the heart and because they're doing a a quality product.
1: That's right. Um, Yeah.
0: And, uh, you know, so. But but those are the kind of things that you're absolutely right. Um, so, for a parish, for example, um, so let let's go you know kind of from the macro to the micro real quick. So for a parish, where should the attention be put? You know, in the sense of to be able to use media in a way to be able to engage its its community.
1: Oh. Man, there's so many things. I mean, ODB Films made 300 short films before it made a feature film. I mean, we were we were stepping into that space as early as 2005 to say to parishes, here are snippets of good media that you can use to teach with, and and some still do. Life Teen has done a ton of successful work with production and teaching tools and things like that. We did a series called the Restored Series, where we took like Catholic social teaching principles and then saw real stories in the country where those things are being embodied. My thing with parishes in use of media is know what you, try to know what you don't know. Uh, mm-hmm. a, a, co- a college kid with a camera is not going to produce what you think is the highest quality level of a thing that you want to produce. It's just simply not going to do that. When I was a successful youth minister at a parish, I used more YouTube videos than programs that my parish bought. Right. I would I would I would I would I was way more inclined to go find snippets of media that were functioning in the secular space and show the deep seated principles of divinity within the context of those things like films or television or mm-hmm. YouTube sensations or, or TED talks or other things mm-hmm. like that. And I know that the young people I worked with were brought with their eyes were more open to like, oh, whoa, that guy, that guy does that. Like, yeah, now let's talk about that instead of let's go buy the book with the DVDs of the people <laughs> that and they're not made that well. Right. That 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 mindset is is broken. Media is huge. And if you're serious about wanting to use it in the context of faith formation, you better apply yourself to the depth of the menu that media offers and not just go buy the next thing off the shelf. Because young people specifically will see right through that. They'll see right through it. So if you're going to use media and perish, don't think that there's an easy fix. Don't think that there's a quick and easy fix to do it. It's a deep seated uh, navigable water but you can do it, but you need to do it well, or you're going to alienate your audience before you engage them without a doubt.
0: Um, for, you know, so just diving a little bit more in. So for uh, being able to use it to communicate, uh, for example, uh, and pastor, uh, you know, so like our pastor, we're doing listening sessions right now. Um, and he did a personal invitation. It was like a minute and a half and it was not, High production, but it was is the fact of, you know, um, it was genuine, it was authentic, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and so in that way, that's where I see that media can really be used in order Indeed. to create connection and in, as an invitation. So it's uh, I took enough time to it was kind of like I see doing a YouTube video or equivalent, you know, a short little video, and there's all video chats, there's all sorts of different things out there, but. I see I took enough time to do a video is the equivalent in our generation today of I took time to write you a thank you note or write you a letter. In many ways. Yeah. 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 And, you know, so um, but there's also
1: data to back that up. There's data to back that up. We have we do a webinar on media and ministry. If a video is attached to uh, an invitation or an email, the recipient is 80 percent more inclined to follow through with the data. So if your video invites somebody to your website to check out a thing, they're 80% more inclined because there was a video. So what you're saying is, is not just artistically proven, it's statistically proven, which is incredible.
0: Yeah. Um, so uh, it's been, um, I want to say, 15 years. It's an eternity ago. Um, I went to a uh, national youth conference, heard Leonard Sweet. Uh, have you ever run in, into Leonard Sweet at all? Um, I don't know. He had, man. The, he had this uh, acronym of what what he said. This is what the you know what this generation is, and he called it Epic. And E was for experiential, P was for that personal I was image, and then C was the communal. And and his point was is like the church is got that in spades. And yet we don't share it. It's like we get in our own way. Um, And so for, you know, the intersection of being able to use media within the midst of ministry, um, where might that kind of idea of understanding of, you know, of this generation, but it's actually all of us, all of us are, are, you know, designed for, for relationships, you know, um, how, how might you see, what would be the next step kind of like with innovation talks and I saw that there's like a conference coming up. Um, What, what do you think might be some fruits that come out of this endeavor?
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I, I sort of agree with Epic. That sounds more like a a Testament of my generation than, (laughs) than this generation of young people. But I, Mm -hmm. I think that, um, man, the future of that space, we're, we're afraid to fail. Uh, I'm not the first one to say that uh, the American Catholic church has a marketing problem. Uh, we basically, we basically live in a a reactive, uh, pool. Mm -hmm. We just sort of react to crappy sound bites. That's really kind of, I mean, that's just kind of what we do. Um, I've worked with, I've worked with a lot of bishops. I've worked with bishops that are just so fearless. They're just fearless. Mm -hmm. They just, they just put themselves out there and they know most of what they say is going to get misinterpreted, but they kind of don't care. If you like them or not, because they know they're authentically witnessing, that's a gift. But a lot of our leadership, and not just bishops, certainly lay people as well, Mm -hmm. are terrified of not being liked. And so there's such a subconscious fear of the sound bites that can come out of their mouth that they curb Uh, the enthusiasm that comes from the conference room to the practical execution of an idea. Mm. I think the beauty of an organization, an apostolate really like OSV that says, we're going to do conferences, we're going to do talks, we're going to do all these things. And this is certainly not the only organization doing this is they are not accountable to your soundbite. They Mm. just, they just don't care. They, They don't care about your soundbite. They can get away with, with, with promulgating great ecclesial truths and not be nervous about some weird version of Catholicism that doesn't reciprocate good evangelization. I think apostolates, in my, I mean, to answer your question fully, apostolates are going to be the key to the future, and being able to have more freedom beyond the constraining infrastructure of the bureaucracy of a diocesan ministry initiative than people ever imagined. And you know what's great about that? That is totally consistent with our history. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, Francis of Assisi, apostolate. Benedict, apostolate. Dominic, apostolate. Uh, You know, St. Teresa of Calcutta, apostolate. Like those guys were like, you know what? I get that there's an infrastructure and it has limits, but I know Christ is moving here. I'm going to move with Christ. And that is not um, rebelling against the system, it's showing the diversity of execution that's inherent to the Holy Spirit and has been throughout our entire church history. So, Media, I I would own this. You, can, I'll invite all the nasty emails. Media will probably not ever really be a great tool in diocesan ministry, but it mm-hmm. will be an excellent tool in apostolates expressing the hearts of diocesan leaders. And so I put my stock in apostolates to do that thing well, to really grind, to grab a hold of the artists, the creatives, the writers. The, the the talent that's out there in the world to say let's tell this story in a way that draws people's hearts into Christ.
0: Uh, that that that's awesome. Actually I would I would argue and say that what you are, you know, what you just expressed is actually being embodied right now um, within the Holy Family movement, which is sure. in the Archdiocese of Kansas City, Kansas. Sure. You know, the, you know, and you know, Archbishop Nauman he's he's fully supportive and it's a part of it but it's an integral part of what is being done but is being expressed in in a, in a beautiful way uh to be able to express the heart of their shepherd. Yeah. uh and uh so yeah uh, i'm i'm excited uh by uh, well by i think people. i think i think
1: the lay people have a reason to get excited because because i think I think I worked in diocese for so long and I had, I had, a, I had an incredible Bishop, but I, 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 I know how a chancery works and I know, <laughs> and I know that that's not necessarily a place of vibrant Pentecostal faith. I know that for a fact, but right. I know that apostolates, and I'm talking like ecclesially sound apostolates, mm-hmm. they just simply have more freedom and they, and they can do things that absolutely light, Hearts on fire, and mm-hmm. are doing them, and bishops are saying yes, mm-hmm. yes, way to go. I'm not talking about the fringe weird ones that are, you know, off the rails or like an ecclesial cul-de-sacs. I'm talking about people that are really consistent with good church teaching. That gets me excited. That will be the future of good media and ministry, in my opinion, no doubt.
0: Amen, and that that's a part of what Say Yes to Holiness is trying to be a part of. Um, in fact, uh, that's a part of why um, I'm going to be. You know, talking about our conversation going deeper, and I'm going to be doing this on Clubhouse. Um, you Love know, it. on Sunday mornings, uh, talking about the OS innovation talks, and you know, uh, speaking about yours and and then others, and uh, but really trying to create that conversation to be able to uh, talk and to envision the 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 big stuff that many times, as you said, you know, our, our, our bishops, God love them. We got courageous ones. Um, but you know, there, there is definitely that, that failure, uh, that, that there is that fear, uh, of yeah. failure, um, and being good. Uh, so, uh, but, but beautiful. Well, um, I can't believe that our, our time has already, you know, passed by. Uh, I could, I could sit and I could have conversation for so much longer, but, um, you know, it's been such a pleasure Doug and I'm really looking forward to watching all of the talks that are gonna be coming out. Um, tell me uh, when's that next slew of talks that you guys just did when are those? yeah it's looking out? like
1: uh, it's looking like summer summer 2021 and I think don't quote me on this I think we're gonna dump them all at one time so we're gonna dump them and just let everybody binge. Uh, so 24 new talks I'm a little reluctant to give dates sometimes oh, sure. mid summer 2021 uh, with all the PR, the marketing director at OSV, Jason Niece, is just a phenomenally talented man. So creative, so good, and I know that he is just ramping up to get them out there. And they'll all be accompanied with uh, the new OSV Talks podcast, where we actually do separate conversations and interviews with all the speakers and get a chance for them to really tell tell their hearts and so on and so forth. So there's a big push coming out in 2021. Kyle Hamilton, the CEO of OSV, he gave a talk. He gave a great interview with me on, and we did a Google podcast. So all that stuff is coming out. There's just a ton of great ideas and, and just incredible instruction coming your way.
0: Wonderful. And uh, the more that we're able to connect with one another, the more that we're able to share ideas, just the better it is for church, period. Uh, the Indeed. body of Christ is a, is a diverse and creative and absolutely marvelous thing. <laughs> it's a uh, gift. It's yeah, a it gift. It truly is. Uh, it truly is. So thank you for your part in it. Uh, thank you for having the courage. My pleasure. To, uh, to step out and to say, you know what? We are going to pitch it, uh, even though we're, we're devastated and we, we're not sure we should <laughs> trust you. So so glad that you did, uh, because we're all benefiting from it now. So thank Wonderful. you. Wonderful. Um, So awesome. Hey, uh, could you uh, share very briefly where people can find the talks um, and also find out more information about you guys do?
1: Yeah, it's as simple as osvtalks.com. It's a web presence. There's a YouTube presence and obviously Facebook. It's amazing. Facebook has really been the place where a lot of people have viewed the talks, but osvtalks.com is the hub of all things. And um, yeah, don't hesitate to check it out.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you again, Doug. I I so appreciate it. And everyone, thank you for joining me in what I hope has been a really mind-blowing and mind-opening conversation uh, with Doug, Tooth. And I really pray that this continues to help inspire and encourage you as we all strive for holiness and continue doing whatever it takes so we can tell the master of death, not today. Have a blessed one. Talk with all of you again soon. So what might be some resolution suggestions that you could take from this conversation with Doug? Well, the first is to participate in the Sunday conversations that are going on each Sunday morning, 930 a.m. Eastern Time in Clubhouse uh, alongside me as we go deeper into the ideas that are presented in not just Doug Sock, but also different OSV innovation speakers. The other is for us to stop using the I'm not perfect as an excuse for why we're not stepping out in faith and doing exactly what it is that God has created us to do by being who we are, what we are, where we are. And finally, reflect upon how can you grow in courage? And one of the best ways that we can do that is by taking imperfect actions. So whatever it is that you might be hesitating to do it might not have anything to do with your spiritual life. But if you're hesitating to have that conversation with someone, you're hesitating to go and do that new thing that you've been thinking of, make a resolution and go do it today. I want to just take a brief moment to invite you to a new initiative that I'm going to be involved with uh, throughout the month of June, and it's the OSV Innovation Talk Sunday podcast series. OSV is the Our Sunday Visitor Innovation Talks. They have an entire series similar to TED Talks in which they have uh, different people who have shared innovative ideas about how it is that we can be living out our faith and also how we can be bringing it to life within our parish communities, our families, and our neighborhoods. So I have the opportunity to interview and to have conversation with some of these uh, speakers each week. I'm going to be publishing on Sundays in June. I'm going to be publishing these podcasts, but then I'm going to be hosting a conversation to go deeper into those podcast conversations and the ideas that are presented. So make sure to go and join my email list at SayYesToHoliness.com to be able to make sure that you get notified of the OSV Innovation Talk Sunday podcast series, or go ahead and join SmartCatholics.com and join the Say Yes to Holiness group because there you'll be able to get access to the Zoom link to be able to jump in to those conversations and then also we'll be hosting it on clubhouse so make sure to go and register for my weekly newsletter so that you can get the information to be able to sign up and participate in these conversations throughout the month of june thanks again for spending time with me today if you have any suggestions for upcoming podcast Please leave me a voicemail using the link in the podcast show notes, or message me through the Say Yes to Holiness Facebook page at Say Yes to Holiness, through my website at www.sayyestoholiness.com, or send an email directly to me at Christinasimmons at gmail.com. I look forward to the opportunity to continue the conversation we have begun here. In the interim, please know my continued prayers for you and your loved ones, especially that each of us may continue to strive to do whatever it takes in order to grow in holiness as we continue to tell the Master of Death, not today. I look forward to having a conversation again with you soon.